Hi, welcome to The Reluctant Agilist. This is Dave Pryor. This podcast is going to be sort of a student Q&A type of thing. Uh, there's a question that comes up frequently in the CSM and CSPO classes that I teach that has to deal with the fact that for some students, after we've gone through release planning and talked about creating stories and how the stories can be broken down into tasks, and we've gone through things like epics and themes and talked about vision statements and roadmaps, there are some folks that still struggle to see the connection across all those things, like how you flow from one side all the way to the other. So in this podcast, I'm joined by another CST, Judy Neer, and we're going to talk about how you get from release planning down to tasks. And we're also going to tie that back to things like strategy and vision. And we're going to do it using a very specific metaphor. If you are one of those folks that struggles to see the connection with those things, hopefully this will be valuable for you. And maybe, if not, maybe if you already get it, it'll give you a way of explaining this to somebody else. So that's it. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. So Judy Neer is here. Judy, thank you for taking time out of your evening. Hey, it is my pleasure, Dave. Thank you for asking. And as podcasts sometimes are, this is an iteration. This is our second iteration of this discussion because <laughs> I'm an idiot and forgot to hit record the first time. Um, you always need a dry run. Yeah. So I'm going to introduce the topic and then I'll ask you to introduce yourself. So the topic for tonight is something that comes up in class a lot. When I get to the end of one of the CSM or CSPO classes, there are sometimes students who say that they still struggle to understand how we flow from some kind of big strategic goal on down the path to a place where we've actually got stories and tasks being planned into sprint. They can sprint. So they can see the pieces, but they can't see how they all connect. So I wanted to try to use a metaphor to connect all these things. And the metaphor that we're going to use is an Italian dinner. And now, Judy, I will ask you to introduce yourself to these kind people. Okay. Well, again, my name is Judy Neer. I'm a certified Scrum trainer. Um, but for the purposes of this podcast, I am the expert Italian. I grew up in New York, and both my parents are Italian. My dad's half Italian. My mom's all Italian. So I'm the expert Italian for, for this conversation. And I am no no percent Italian, but I have been the recipient on the receiving end of, of a number of very amazing, long, multi-level Italian dinners. And that's sort of where I wanted to start. So the, the way this conversation started was I pitched this idea to Judy that I wanted to talk about kind of creating this explanation of how a product, you know, works its way from the top on down. Um, and I wanted to use an Italian dinner because there's multiple courses and to me, they're like releases and they work their way down to things that you would deliver and you can get down to tasks and stuff like that. But when we were talking about it, Judy, do you want to share what you were kind of explaining is the reason why we have the dinner in the first place? So, so the, the idea for a, a dinner, especially for an Italian family, is it's, a, it's about the food for sure, but really the whole point of the dinner is for the family to come together and share an experience, right? And so if we make an analogy between that idea and, and what we do in Scrum, this is, this is the vision. This is why we're bothering to create this very uh, lengthy meal and put all the effort and time into creating the meal uh, is to bring people together and have a shared experience over food and wine. 
So we, maybe we have this big strategic goal of, you know, family unity or some kind of community thing, vision for a product that would help us achieve that. This dinner could be the product. Yes. Correct. correct. That is correct. And to deliver this dinner, we're going to have to go through eight or nine different courses or eight or nine different releases. Exactly. So I'm going to, tr- do you want to walk through it this time since you won't mess it up and I'll mispronounce everything? Oh, but the way you mispronounce it. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're going to start with the Aper- I, I researched this, okay? We start with the aperitivo, which is a, as a, a drink to kind of prepare your palate for the food, which you said would normally be... Um, Sometime after church. We'll sometimes just you start at church, you pick it up in the parking lot, you work your way. Um, <laughs> but you're, you're, you're typically drinking wine. Typically, yes. Okay. And I read something when I was doing the research. Um, I didn't copy the quote down, but it, it said that, that the appetite is created by the meal. And I thought that was really interesting. Like the food's going to keep rolling out, and, and the more this stuff comes out, that's what creates this desire to eat it because it's so good when it's delivered. And the smells and yeah. yeah, the smells are a big part of the meal for sure. Okay. So you've got the wine mm-hmm. and then we go with the first course, which is the antipasta. Or the antipasto. <laughs> if you want to pronounce it correctly. Okay. <laughs> and so, so the example that, that we're going to try to use for that, we'll come back to in a moment, but that's going to have a couple different deliverables in that course. And that's going to be something like tomato and a mozzarella salad. Or mozzarella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and bread and soppressata, which is the sausage. Yes. Okay. So um, if you think of the antipasto as basically a release, and by the way, antipasto is literally means before the pasta. So if you think of that as the release, then all of these pieces of the antipasto are, we'll call them features or backlog items. And, yeah, or deliverables and, we're going to give to a customer. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to come back to that in a second and try to create a user story for it. But after yeah. that, we've got the, the Il Primo, the first course. The pasta. The pasta. And then the Secundi and the Contorno, which are two separate releases served together. Correct. And usually that's some kind of meat course with all of the accompaniments, potatoes and things like that. Okay. And then the next release would be the insalata or the salad. The salad. And then formaggi et frutta, which is cheese and fruit. Correct. The dolce. The sweets. The, the cafe. Yeah. And the cafe. The coffee. And then the digestivo. Which is just a liqueur to basically help with digestion. And those last three could be served as two relief, you could have the coffee and the dessert come together followed by the after dinner drink, or like you said, you might serve all three together because people might want to put the liqueur in the coffee. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So somewhere between six and eight or nine releases, <laughs> we have all these different things. This is going to take a long time to have a dinner like this. If it, for how, like how long for folks who haven't been to enjoyed a meal like this? So typically, uh, this type of dinner would start mid afternoon, somewhere around two p.m. is very typical, and usually go till somewhere around eight in the evening. Wow. Okay. Six hours. Yeah. So we could make a product backlog of all the different things we were going to produce, all the different things that were going to be served, the meat, the pasta, the bread, the, the, the salad, like all of it could go in one big backlog. 
and then we could group them based on releases. Yes, perfect. And could we also, I want to try to just, I forgot to mention this before, but draw a quick parallel. If we wanted to group it by themes, could you have something like beverages, cooked food, not cooked food, desserts, things like that? Yeah. Things that are served cold, things that are served hot. Yep. The beverages. Yep. And that's just about how you want to look at the product backlog, whatever makes the most sense to you. Right. Okay. How you group, how you group things together. Okay. So let's go back to the, the anti, anti-pasta. Mm-hmm. Um, so we said th- three different features or three different things we're going to deliver here. The tomato and mozzarella. Oh, good job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, the bread and, and, the, and the, what you called, you, how did you say bread? You said it differently before. Pane. Is Pane. Bread. Yeah. And soprasada. Now I know I want bread. But let's say that I put together a user story that says, as a lover of Italian food with celiac disease, I want freshly made gluten-free bread so I can enjoy a traditional Italian meal without getting sick. That is a well-crafted user story, for sure. (laughs) And I would have acceptance criteria that would probably include things like, must be made in a clean area of the kitchen where there will not be any wheat and things like that so that I can make sure, and maybe some way of testing to make sure that there is no you know, gluten involved in this stuff. Um, And that would be something that like a a team could plan into a sprint. Mm -hmm. And then we could list out all the tasks required to to make the bread or to purchase the bread. Yeah. So the tasks would represent their implementation details. So are they going to go buy the bread or are they going to make it themselves? And so what does that look like, right? They'll have to purchase the ingredients and um, knead the bread and bake the bread, right? So these are all the tasks that are associated, the implementation details that are associated with that particular backlog item. Okay. Now, when you were growing up and you would prepare this kind of stuff, um, it's more than just your mom, right? It is most definitely more than just my mom. Um, So typically it was the women in the house that were the development team, I guess we should, we could say (laughs) context. Um, And it was the men in the house who really became more of the stakeholders. Okay. So you're going to deliver to the stakeholders and I'm assuming that they're wanting things to happen in a certain order. They have their own, their own way of reviewing the material that you present to them. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Very demanding stakeholders we had in my family. And how do you know if they approve of what you've delivered? Um, well, in, the, in an Italian household, there's really one way to know if they approve, and that is they ask for seconds. So that okay. is, yeah. So regardless of the amount of food that's coming, um, my mom was only, would only verify that she achieved the objective for that particular release if there was a request for more. Okay. So your mom's basically the product owner of the, of the meal that's being served. Yes, I would, I would make that analogy. Okay. And so you guys are the team and we can, I I can see how you'd be able to tell if a particular item, you know, was delivered. How do you know when the whole meal has met the strategic goal? Is there a way that you can determine that? Um, so remember the, the goal was the, the vision for this meal was the family coming together, the family sharing, sharing, uh, sharing a meal, the family sharing their experiences for the day or for the week. 
Um, so we know when the we know when that has been achieved. When number one, my dad moves away from the table. <laughs> but number two, there everybody is very satisfied. Everybody is feeling like there's not one more thing I can put in my mouth, and we're all complimenting the product owner and the development team for a well done meal. Right. Okay. So these are the yeah. So these are the ways we know we've achieved the vision. This is excellent. This is a really great example. And and just one last thing, because I can't remember if we hit on this or not, but in that product backlog, there's going to be dependencies and the team members in the kitchen are going to have to coordinate their work to make sure that they're taking care of those dependencies so items can be delivered in the sequence in which the product owner would like to release them to the customer. Yeah, for sure. And right, there's also, you know, timing issues and like you said, dependencies in terms of when things need to be done and in what order so that things can be delivered in the right order. Um, it's interesting having done this pretty much every Sunday for my entire childhood, we really became a high performing team. So we very instinctively knew what each of our jobs were and where the dependencies were. And we really kind of moved around each other in a very um, systematic fashion because we, we, there was a very regular cadence to doing this. Okay. And you mentioned before that like one of your things was dessert because that wasn't something your mom really wanted to do. She liked to bake. Yeah. She didn't like to bake. She was a great cook. She didn't like to bake. So that very naturally as the oldest daughter became my job and there was, it wasn't really anything that was spoken. It was, it was again, because we really had been doing this for a long time. It just was a given. All right. Judy's going to do the dessert. Okay. And just because you're doing the dessert doesn't mean you're not helping out the other team members too. Absolutely not. <laughs> so everybody's got like their main thing, but you are cross-functional. You're supporting one another in the delivery. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. This was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for great. doing this. Yeah, my pleasure. I think this is a great analogy. You know, in class, I get very similar questions of, you know, how do all these things relate to each other? Yeah. And um, I think it's really important to understand that the vision is really the starting point for all of this, right? In terms of, what comes after it and how that vision really defines uh, defines those releases and really what goes into those releases because that, they, they support that vision. And one of the things for the folks that are listening that happened when we, when we tried this the first time we were talking about it, and for me, the vision initially was the dinner. And then Judy pointed out that, that you don't have the dinner to have the dinner. You, right. you have this goal of communion with your family and the dinner is a way to achieve that. It's a means exactly. to an end. Yeah. Um, so this was really great. If people want to get in touch with you and find out uh, more about you and the work that you do, what's the best way for them to reach you? Um, so people can find me on LinkedIn. That's probably uh, the best way to find me or on Twitter. So at Judy Near on both of those social media platforms, I would love to connect with you all and continue the conversation. Uh, and I would also add that I am in the process of writing a book about uh, a really uh, interesting topic that's personal interest to me, which is agile security and how we do security in an agile environment. So you guys can look for that. Cool. Hopefully. All right. Yeah. And let me know when it's out. And we'll, I mean, I'll include links to your social media stuff, but when the book's ready, let me know and I'll make sure we add that in there as well. That'd be great. Awesome. Cool. Thank yeah. you very much for doing this. Hey, my pleasure.